Hey, hey, hey. What's good, fam? It's Tuesdays with Tawana. What's going on? Happy Tuesday. Happy Tuesday. I am Tawana, aka Rev T, your host and your curator for this weekly moment of building community one moment, one broadcast, one story at a time. Holla at your girl. We know how to do this. Holla at me in the comments. I'll holla back. Feel free to just sit back and take this all in. Um, Those of you who will be listening later via podcast, you can always leave a message via Anchor or Spotify. So um, let's uh, honor some people who are in the room on today. Good morning, Mother Carolyn, all the way on the West Coast. We got Cordio in the building. Yes, happy Tuesday from Central Time, right, Cordio? So we, we representing across the country on today. So grateful for you, grateful for your presence. Um, yeah, how are we doing today? How are you? How are you feeling? What's been a lot going on in our community over the last uh, week or so? So are we breathing? Hey, my dear friend, what's going on, Miss Lady? Good to see you. Glad you could join us on today. Cordio says she's exhausted. You know, racial battle fatigue is real. It is as real as feelings come. And we need to acknowledge that and know that, especially um, from through uh, experiences of the Black diaspora. Hey, Tracy, good to see you. Yes. Thank you for joining. Thank you for coming in the room. Thank you, beloved. We need to honor uh, racial battle fatigue. It is real. It is real. We, we live it and we live in this body, in this skin every day. And just when you think it can't get any worse, it just continues to keep happening. And and I want to say this before we delve into um, continuing our conversation of pain is inevitable and suffering is optional. It's a general statement and there are exceptions to that statement, of course. But overall, when we're talking about oppression, when we're talking about disparaging treatment, when we're talking about um, capitalism and, and things that were meant to marginalize us and oppress us, that saying, that stance, that belief is very fitting. But this week, um, I everything around me seems to have been, um, you know, about going back and reaching back. Um, yes, Mother Carolyn, ra- racial battle fatigue is real and rest is necessary. Rest should be a part of your routine day in and day out. If we don't have time for rest, um, we are not taking care of ourselves. Rest is revolutionary, right? So I this week, many things in my circle has been about reaching back or remembering. Um, 
every Sunday I watch Pink Robes, Pink Robe Chronicles with Reverend Dr. Melva Sampson. And she reminded us to remember, R-E-member. And I first learned that from Mother Carolyn in seminary. It's not about just going back and remembering here. It's actually remembering, bringing back together that which we have learned from our beloveds in the past and bringing that forward so that we might move forward and build a beautiful future. And one saying um, that I just just can't stand, and I think they even made a t-shirt about it, talking about this is not your grandmother's fight or protest, or these are not your grandmother's hands, or some nonsense. I'm sorry. Yeah, nonsense. I, I can say it. I didn't make the shirt. I didn't make the saying. So, um, but I just don't understand how we are so quick to disrespect and disregard our foreparents and our ancestors. And how dare we compare what we're going through now with what they went through then. There is no comparison. It's it's horrible. It was horrible then and it's horrible now. And I'm not sure I wanna wear that badge of honor to say, yes, I have it worse than my ancestors. That's that's not how, how we rock. That's not how we do things in the Black diaspora. We honor our ancestors. We speak their names and we speak them into our current existence to guide us and to nurture us and to protect us and to keep us we don't disregard or demean them or throw them away because our fight looks different. Is that my brother? Yes, it is. Hey, brother. Good to see you. Good to see you. So, yeah, I just needed to name that um, this morning slash afternoon because it, it every time I see it, it just drives me crazy. I, I don't particularly care for it. Um, it's, it's a different fight, right? So, and with that, this week, so many things have reminded me of the importance of going back and looking back and flying forward, like the um, the communicator Sankofa, right? Go back and fetch it. Um, I uh, experienced um, worship with uh, Pastor Mike. Walrun, and he said the dangers of, I had to write it down because I knew I wouldn't remember, the danger of dismissing the past. The dangers of dismissing the past. Um, and then on Movement Monday with Kendra Frazier, she just brought it on home and she talked about um, there is medicine in your wound. There is medicine in your womb. So there was this ongoing thing. And today's only Tuesday. <laughs> so I can only imagine what's to come um, this week. Mother Carolyn said, we must decolonize, teach each other so we remember, so we can heal. Absolutely. To put it back together. 
right? So that it's not broken. It's not separate. That's not how we operate. We're inextricably bound. Um, We don't operate out of individualism. We don't operate out of commodifying our bodies, or we shouldn't operate that way. We were not created that way. And unfortunately, we are living in a system with this double consciousness where we are seen through the eyes of others. And that other is capitalism and racism and sexism and phobias and the whole list, ableism, all the isms, because it is about the dollar. It is about commodifying things. It is about capitalizing on things. Um, and we have a we're in a crisis, right? So in seminary, uh, Reverend Dr. Carolyn McCrary reminded us that crisis is a dangerous opportunity. We have a dangerous opportunity now to face that which we must face in order to fix. It's it's not going to remedy itself. We have an opportunity to. To, to fix it, to come together and to repair the breach. We have an opportunity to come together and, and bring, um, to bring together that which we know, something in our bones, something in our DNA, something in our breath, something in our mind, something is calling us to something greater and something better and living the way um, this country is is encouraging us to live is just not the way. It's not the way. 200,000 people have died due to the coronavirus and that did not have to happen. And that happened because of the leadership that we have right now. That happened because precautions, there were precautions in place that people chose not to implement because they had privilege and access to whatever and didn't understand or didn't care. They may have understood, I don't know, didn't have a conversation with him, but clearly his actions showed uh, a lack of care and a lack of sense and a lack of humanity, right? Hey, Shandell, my twin, good morning to you from the West Coast. Hey, Shirley, what's going on? Glad y'all could join so yeah, so we're just chopping it up, kind of building on uh, part two of pain is inevitable, suffering is optional, and we'll talk a little bit more about that in a moment. I, I just needed to pause to uh, share my experience with this remembering and how different aspects of my life keep bringing me back to this point of remembering I don't, I don't know what it all means and what is going to come forth from it, but I'm open. I'm open to receive, open to experience whatever is being placed um, before me. I received a, a phone call from a dear friend who just called to tell me that he loves me and he's so proud of me and even though, you know, he's got to do better with calling that he's, he, I mean, just affirming and, and, and that was beautiful. And we've been friends for double digit years now. Right. Then I get another affirming text message. Um, just things are just happening and, and I, I don't need to understand why right now. I just need to take it all in 
and and receive it. And I encourage you to do the same. Sometimes we rush through it and we want to know what the outcome will be. But how about we just enjoy the moment? Marcia in the building. Yes, straight from Philly. What's going on, Rev? Good to see you. <laughs> Good to see you. Oh, I can't wait for this pandemic to be over. I have too many people I need to see on the East Coast. Too many, too many. Um, Hey, Renee, what's going on? Yes, thank you. Thank you for popping in. I love you so much, Renee. Thank you for all that you do. Um, So, you know, these little things were happening, remembering, was being posited in my spirit. And then we have part two of, of pain and suffering, right? Pain being inevitable and suffering is optional. Again, disclaimer, does not mean that that's a blanket statement, true to form, facts. It, it's a general statement that has some opportunity for some tweaks and customizing to your own situation or circumstance But hopefully in the end, no matter what it is, it is empowering. It is not creating a space for you to stay where you are, wherever that may be, and to move through the transformational process of healing. So pain is to bring us to a place of transformation and healing. Suffering keeps us in that space of pain with no recourse, with no outcome, with no hope without moving through it and learning and growing and healing, we've got to be an active force in that as painful as it might be. Rosalind, I love you to the moon and beyond, sis. Thank you for joining on today. So when we talk about pain being inevitable, that's just the way of life. You know, it's this whole theodicy Why do bad things happen to good people? There are just some questions out there that I do not have the answer to. But what I can do is whatever is happening in my world, I can respond differently. I can respond in a way that I am doing my very best with what I know to speak life, to speak wholeness, to speak health, to speak forgiveness, to speak joy, to speak perseverance, to speak resilience in my life. And yes, that includes crying. Yes, that includes today. I don't feel like getting out of bed. I'm not. I'm just going to just be. And sometimes it's like, all right, let me get on my grind and make it happen. Getting on your grind all the time without balancing play and rest is not a good thing because we've talked about this. Anything in excess is probably not good for you. Anything anything in excess. You love food, you eat it too much, it's probably not good for you. If you have a glass of wine, cool. If you're drinking two and three bottles a day, it's probably not good for you. If you love someone, and then you love someone to the point of stalking and emotional abuse and so on and so forth, It's probably not a good thing. So anything in excess, what's up, Falami? Good to see you, my, excuse me, Dr. Falami DeVoe, yes, in the building. Um, So anything in excess is probably going to hurt you. 
So there needs to be some sort of, or there should be, or could be an opportunity for some sort of balance, right? So when we go back to this pain and suffering, I know one of the questions that was looming on the table that we left on the table for this week is when it comes to family. And when that pain and or that suffering comes from family. And that's probably one of, um, could be one of the most difficult things uh, to, to handle because, you know, you're, you're tied in with your family um, on different levels versus, anyway, family, it makes it more complex, right? So you might be on a different page than your family member. That may impact other family members and how they then engage and then come the family reunion, everything is a hot mess. Or so-and-so didn't come because so-and-so is mad at so-and-so. So it can be complex. Let's just name that, right? So it's still, we need to, hey, Lisette, good to see you. Thank you for joining. Yes. Boundaries. Yes, Shandell, you better say that. Boundaries. We, we, so, so the point, the point that we're making here is um, in, in this pain and, and suffering outlook, right? It's really about how we respond to things that are happening. It's really how we, um, we acknowledge the fact that suffering is oppressive. It really comes from the oppressor. And we know that dominant white thought and white supremacy is not always in white skin, right? So sometimes there is, you know, where people just conform to the ways of this land that is money first and very individual and it's all about me and it shuts down communication and some sort of engagement, right? This curiosity that we talked about. I should really be curious about where you are and how you feel and listen deeply so that you in turn then will listen deeply to me and we will understand one another and maybe make room for a dialogue, make room for possible forgiveness, make room for changed behaviors, make room for I didn't know what I didn't know and now I know and Maya Angelou says, when you know better, do better, right? Um, yeah, so in, in when it's family, um, you know, I, I wish there was a, a blanket statement, like step one, do this, step two, do that. Um, if anyone says that they have one, I, you, I gotta see it to believe it. It's not one of those faith things where you have to believe it to see it. Um, but having at some point, several things can happen with pain when you're dealing with pain, with someone, whether it's pain from an ailment or pain because someone has hurt you, finding that healing that is not contingent upon the other person. That's challenging, very challenging, where your actions really, really, really has nothing to do or very little to do with my healing. I have to find a way to heal that is not dependent on you saying sorry 
or you repenting or you behaving a certain way or behaving differently. And I need to be able to define that healing. And sometimes that healing means walking away in love. And that's probably one of the hardest things to do with family and friends. You know, people that you've you've worked with for years or you're just dear friends with for years or with family. And to be able to walk away in love without any disdain or any hate, because that's where the forgiveness comes in for yourself, not necessarily for the other person. So let me give you an example. Um, When I had to forgive, no, mm -mm, let me rephrase that. When I forgave my ex-husband, I had to do so in, to, at a place and in a point at a point where I, I never had to lay eyes on him, never had, don't want to ever see him again. Um, but I had to forgive for my own self because it was for my healing and for my future relationships, whether it was a partnership or a relationship with family and friends. Because if I held on to that, it may have manifested in other ways in my other relationships. And then they're looking at me sideways like, you know, T, where is this coming from? It's not even about you. It's about me and the her unresolved hurt that I didn't deal with. So that's what suffering is when it's that unmetabolized, when it's unaddressed, when it doesn't manifest to the point where you acknowledge it, to change it, to face it, to fix it. It becomes a point of suffering and you end up um, bringing other people along for the ride on this suffering journey, right? So we got to acknowledge it and be able to find that space of healing for ourselves. For ourselves. That's not contingent upon somebody else. Another piece of this pain and suffering when it comes to family or even friends for that matter because now we, you know, we're we're communal people, so we talk about family, right? So um, um, when, when, we, when we realize that we are in this relationship and it's, it's just not going well, sometimes we aren't able to address it with the person because they're going through their own stuff. So remembering that some of the hurt that you are feeling from that person doesn't excuse it, but it it gives reason and gives cause for you to act and to move out of that situation. Because they mad at you for something and they not even really mad at you. They really mad at so-and-so, but they can't take it out on so-and-so and you are the next best thing, intentionally or unintentionally, right? So sometimes we just got to think about these things before we act and be able to identify them and then move through this um, accordingly. Um, (laughs) Shandell said, phew, that's real maturity to forgive and love. You right. And it didn't take a day. Oh, it didn't take a week. As a matter of fact, it didn't take a month. (laughs) It took some real internal work and we, we, in order to move to a place where pain is transforming, um, we got to be willing to do the work. We got to be willing to do the internal work. And that work sometimes includes vulnerability. It includes truth. 
It includes transparency, whether it's to yourself or others, because be very clear, there's some stuff we can hide and we bury and we don't even acknowledge it. So sometimes it's just looking in the mirror saying, Tawana, you know, you did that. (laughs) Now what are you going to do about it? So it might not even be something, some grand announcement. It might be something that you have to reconcile within yourself and then identify those pieces and players that you may have impacted along the way and say, I'm sorry for what I did, not for what I may have done or if I hurt you. That's not an apology because an apology comes with stating the action and then some corrective action. So when we move through this pain, and when I say healing ain't easy, this is a part of the healing process. And we as a community, as the Black diaspora, we have a lot of healing to do that's not contingent upon white people and what they've done to us. They have their own work to do, and they do have reparations that they need to pay. They need to make sure that they check their cousins who who voted for number 45 to make sure they don't vote. So they have their work to do. I don't need the superhero syndrome, the messianic complex. I, I don't need any of that. What I need is for my community to come together and to begin to name some ills and some hurts. Because Black women still are not protected. Black women are still not covered. Black women are still at risk. There are a lot of Breonna Taylors out there. Breonna Taylor became the global face of what Black women have to endure. Black women have been silenced for so long or marginalized or oppressed. Just read, there's so many beautiful scholars coming out naming these women that you wouldn't normally name or see at the forefront in in our education systems from elementary all the way through um, college or even post-graduate, from beginning to end. You, You may not hear about Pauli Murray. You may hear about Fannie Lou Hamer, but you only hear one piece and one quote. You don't realize the voting work that she did. You don't realize the, how she was beaten, put in jail. You might hear about Rosa Parks, but you only hear about that snippet that they want you to hear about her not getting up out of her seat off the bus. You won't hear about the countless um, women that she protected who were victims of domestic violence and sexual abuse, including Reese Taylor, who was raped by, I believe, four white men. And it was Rosa Parks who got her legal counsel, who got her out to safety, who had a safety plan. But you won't hear about that. You hear about all the women that work behind the scenes, behind Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King, behind W.E.B. Du Bois, behind so many men that were pushed to the forefront. And it was the women in the background writing speeches. Who's gonna protect us? Talk about pain and suffering. We can stop the pain. 
we have an opportunity to protect black women. And in turn, the beauty of this is, is that in our community, in the black diaspora, in the spirit of Ubuntu, in the spirit of we are inextricably bound, means that if you protect me and take care of me, I'll take care of you. So black man, you don't have to worry because first of all, we've always had your back. And now it'll just be enhanced because now it's just this reciprocal relationship that is happening where we are protecting one another. It's not so one-sided the way America would have us to view it. It works both ways. So we can get through this pain and this healing process and stop short of suffering. We don't have to suffer at the hands of the oppressor. We don't have to suffer at the hands of those who continue to dehumanize us and sexualize us and commodify our bodies. We have an opportunity to make real change and it's gonna take some time. Healing ain't easy. It's going to take some resilience and some patience and some lamenting and some weeping and some mourning. And then joy will come. Joy will be in the midst of. Joy will greet you at the beginning of this journey if you let it. Looking beyond what you see, beyond the diagnosis, toward a life that looks like healing as you define it. Because as Audre Lord says, if we don't define ourselves for ourselves, we'll be crunched and eaten alive by other people's fantasies of us. And that's, we could put an end to that. So with that, that's my time. Pray with me, hold me in love and light as I think about this journey. Um, October 1st will be here. The month of October is Domestic Violence Awareness Month and Breast Cancer Awareness Month. And we know during COVID that we have people who are quarantined with their abusers. Um, and there's really no way out. They don't have access to stuff like this. Can't get on to, you know, watching a video without suspicion. Um, economic abuse, spiritual abuse, abuse, emotional abuse, physical abuse, mental abuse, the list goes sexual abuse. So we hold space for all those, many women, but men as well, who are in volatile situations that they seem, it seems as if they can't get out of it. They're suffering because they're suffering at the hands of an abuser. So how can we stop the suffering together and protect our beloveds? There is a way and we'll talk about it. That's my time. I love y'all to the moon and beyond. Love my village, love my tribe. Cancer cannot. Don't forget to vote. Don't forget to vote. Don't forget to vote. I love y'all. It's Tuesdays with Tawana. Thank you for joining. Thank you for building community one moment and one broadcast at a time. I'm out. Oh, and y'all like my biggie shirt? Thank you, Diva. My daughter, I rep New York City hard. I really rep Harlem hard, but New York City, I'll rep as well. So big ups to Brooklyn in the house. 
and may RBG rest in peace. Yes, I did that intentionally. I know people were complaining about calling her the notorious RGB, um, RBG, but she's from Brooklyn. So I just, I have bigger fights. So I need y'all to vote. That's what I need y'all to happen. Need y'all to do. All right. I love y'all.